Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all out this Sunday morning, and you're all very welcome to be here in person in the church building, or if you're online watching our service on Facebook or something like that, or listening online later on uh, through our CD ministry, you're all very welcome indeed, and you're all very and warmly welcome. On your behalf this morning, it gives me great pleasure to welcome the Reverend Victor Patterson back with us again. It's good to have Victor with us. We enjoy his ministry amongst us, and we look forward to hearing what the Lord has laid upon your heart. For each of us today, Victor, and thank you for taking the time to travel to be with us this morning. I have a number of announcements, so please bear with me for just a couple of moments as I try my best to go through them. And at the closure, if I've forgotten anything, so you will forgive me. So apologies for that in advance. This Tuesday evening, the 11th of October, the committee meets at 8 p.m. in the church hall. So as a reminder for committee, we're meeting on Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. On Wednesday evening, midweek Bible study and prayer meeting is at 8 p.m. in the Minor Hall. And the speaker this week will be Mr. Alan Hanna from Achnerhurry, Kilkeel. Thursday evening, GB meets as usual. And on Friday evening, the BB meets as usual also. Now, next Saturday evening is a special evening here in the congregation. There's a gospel sing-along evening here in the church building at 7.30 p.m. And this will be indeed and promised to be a great night of praise, uh, which with many of the stories behind the hymns that are being sang explained. Uh, and that will be led by the UK's top gospel pianist, Mr. Graham Murphy. Mrs. Rachel Heater will be the soloist. And Mr. Jim Henning will be the guest speaker on Saturday evening. Uh, a voluntary retiring collection will be taken up and that will go towards the Cornhill Bible College Belfast. And if you need any further information on this, just speak to Mr. Mark Annett or any member of session. So warmly invite you along to that uh, next Saturday evening. And more information, you'll see that in the local press as well as on our social media. Uh, a couple of announcements uh, for advance notice. The PW are organizing a coffee morning on Saturday the 22nd of October. And that's from 10 a.m. until 12 noon. And that'll be in the church hall. And I'm assured that everybody's welcome. It's not just for the members of PWA or the ladies of the congregation. It's an open invitation to all members and uh, friends and family to gather on Saturday the 22nd uh, in the church hall from 10 until 12 noon. Note also for uh, Sunday school teachers that your teaching notes, there are still some available uh, and remaining up in the photocopy room. So if you haven't had your copy yet, uh, make sure to go up to the photocopy room or have a chat with, with Mark on it also. Uh, it's that time of year again whenever we consider the charity Samaritan's Purse, traditionally known to us as the Shoebox Appeal. Um, we'll have more information on that later on, maybe next Sunday or the week after. But the um, boxes and information leaflets in relation to that are out in the vestibule. So uh, encourage you to take those with you. It's a fantastic charity and very worthy of our support. And if you've been supporting it in the past, we'd encourage you to do that as we go forward also. Now, in advance of next Sunday morning worship, just to say the prayer meeting is at 11 o'clock as normal in the church hall. And then next Sunday morning worship, we'll be welcoming the girls from the Girls Brigade to join with us as the GB will be joining with us for their 
act of enrollment. Now, this is a break from tradition. Normally, BB and GB would have afternoon services, but this year is slightly different. They're going to be joining us in morning worship. Now, that doesn't mean to say that you get a morning off and you leave the church building uh, for the GB. This is about the church family. And I would encourage you to come along and be here as part of morning worship as usual and welcome the GB and the girls from the GB into, into, our, into our worship service. And we're mindful too that many girls and uh, families maybe don't have a church connection. So it's important that we welcome them into church life and be part of the praise and worship here. So uh, keep them in mind, keep the GB in mind uh, in the coming days as they uh, gather here next Sunday morning. And just also to say in light of that, that the BB enrollment will take a similar format later on in the year. Uh, and we'll have more details about that later on. So these are all the announcements. Uh, and I hand you over to the Reverend Patterson to lead and conduct the remaining part of the service. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's lovely to join with you again this morning uh, in worship. It's lovely to be here and to uh, unite together in the worship of God. The psalmist said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. What a tremendous desire that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. I hope that is your desire for all of us that we join together to worship him today. So let's do so as we join in our opening phrase. It's holy, 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 Lord God Almighty.
Now let us unite in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are very conscious as we bow before you that you are holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And we're very conscious, Lord, that we are sinful, that we so easily turn to our own way. And even this past week, to have said or done things or uh, that we ought not to have said or done. And yet, Lord, we come to you today because we come in that name which is above every name. We come in the name of the Lord Jesus, your son who died, who died to open up the way for us that we might come into your presence. We thank you that the veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom that the way was opened up for us through the precious, precious blood of Jesus. Oh, we rejoice today, our gracious God, to come together to worship you. We thank you for the opportunity to do so. We thank you, Lord, for the desire to do so. We thank you that in this house that we're, that prayer is one to be made and our desire is to meet, to praise you, to learn of you, and the desire to order our lives for your honor and glory. And so we pray that you would indeed, Lord, come and move in our midst and bless us each one from the youngest uh, upwards that, that none might go from this place today not being conscious of your presence, you're conscious of your voice speaking in every heart. Lord, we realize that you have been good to us and we want to thank you again for, for every good and perfect gift. Thank you for our homes, for loved ones, for those who care for us. Thank you, Lord, for those who help us uh, day by day. Times whenever we're sick, the nurses and the doctors. Thank you, Lord, for all the, 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 the many benefits that are ours day by day. We praise you. But Lord, we real, once again, we rejoice that, that in, in your great mercy, you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten son to die that for, in our place. Oh, we thank you for the greatest gift of all, the gift of your son, the gift of salvation through faith in him. And so we pray, Lord, that you would help us to to listen and help us to order our lives for your glory, that you would forgive us again for the, any, uh, for the carelessness that so often creeps in and help us to love you more and more. Lord, we, we pray that as we turn to your word, that your Holy Spirit, that he would come and, Lord, he would speak to every one of us as we sing, as we bow in prayer, as we turn to your word. Lord, bless each each heart, and the boys and girls as they would go to the children's church, the Sunday school, Lord, we pray that you would be with them and may they know your presence and blessing too. And so we ask for, Lord, for that you would continue to guide us, that you would bless us abundantly. We need you so much and we ask all this in our Saviour's name and for his sake. Amen. Now let us read together from Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, reading from verse 26. Acts chapter 8, 
and verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus, and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Amen, and God will bless to us this reading from his word uh, today. I would uh, all the boys and girls like to come up to the front for a few minutes, please. That would be great. Thank you very much. Just sit down on the floor there. I'll get fitted in somewhere. That's it. That's great. It's lovely to see everyone. That's great indeed. Well, how's school going? It's all right. Is it going all right these days? Yes. And you're learning a whole lot of things, aren't you? Well, tell me this. Do you ever have to shout out? Now, now I don't mean really shout out louder and like that, or, or, but. You say to the teacher, or indeed maybe at home you say to your mummy, I can't do this. Do you ever do that? Do you? What sort of things can you not do? What sort of things can you not do? I know a lot of, well, I've heard of a lot of boys and girls and they're a good age. What can you? A backflip. Oh, right, I couldn't do that now. 
Oh, you can do one. But I know, I've heard of boys and girls and they go to school and they're a good age and you know what they can't do? They can't tie their laces. Can everybody tie their laces? Yeah. Yes. Nobody, nobody has to say to your mommy, I can't do this. You can't tie your laces. You'll have to keep saying to her and you shall have to keep teaching you and teaching you and teaching you. will have to learn to tie your laces so you will. You'll have to. Well, do you, know, uh, uh, do you know what I'm no good at? I'm no good at, at, these, at these phones, these mobile phones. Now, maybe some of you have got a mobile phone, but I'm no good at them. I, I, can't, I can't have bothered with them at all. And, and uh, 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 just leave me silly so they do. But here, here's what I want to ask you this morning. If you were being asked to explain something, here's what I want to ask you. Could you explain to somebody who the Lord Jesus is? Could you explain who the Lord Jesus is? What would you, what would, how would you go about it? What would you say? Yes? He's the Lord's son. He's God's son, right? That's great. That's a good, anything else now? Anything else? He never sinned. That is right. That is right. Anything else? What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? He died on the cross. Yes. Where did he come from? Pardon? He came from heaven. Is that what you said? Yes, that's right. I'm a wee bit deaf too, you see. That's my problem, even with the hearing aids. But you know what? All these things, what is all these things that they, uh, we, we need to know about the Lord Jesus. Now, what, what wonderful things did he do whenever he was here? Could, he, could you name one thing that he did? One thing that he did? One wonderful miracle that we talk about. What is it? And somebody has, yes? Ah, that was that was way back. That was Moses, wasn't it? That was in Moses's time. You're, that's a good answer, but so it was. But that's that's back whenever Moses Moses was guiding the children of Israel out of Egypt. Isn't that what you? Isn't that what you're thinking of? Ah, yes, I know indeed. That was a good answer. Yes, what did you think? I'm going to say? He healed people from their sickness. Yes, many people who were sick. He fed five thousand people. Yes, he he he. he Provided food for, for 5,000 people. That's tremendous. Though it is. Look, there's, there's so many things that we could say. And it's important, you see. If somebody was to say, if somebody was to, say to you, Luke, or you were to say to somebody, uh, say even about uh, a mobile phone like me, I would say, I can't work that. I can't do that. But if somebody was to say to you tomorrow, who is Jesus? It's important that we're able to say who Jesus is. Very important. Because we come here this morning, don't we, to learn about him, don't we? We come here this morning to be able to, uh, to, be able to, to understand what he came to do. You know, the, the, catechism, the catechism tells us that, that he is the, the son of man and the son of God. The two things together, the Son of Man and the Son of God. Now, that's, that's maybe a bit hard to understand, but you think he was in heaven with his Father, and then he came into the world, and he became a man. 
a true man. And he died on the cross. And if you, if you, somebody tomorrow will say to you, look, what were you doing yesterday? And you say, well, I was at, I was at church yesterday. And you say, what did you learn there? Well, we're learning about Jesus. We're wanting, we want to know more about Jesus. We want every day to be able to, to follow Jesus. We, and so, boys and girls, I want you to be able to tell other boys and girls. And where, because there'll be a lot of boys and girls, maybe, in your school who don't go to Sunday school. And they know nothing about the Lord Jesus. Or very little. You'll be able to say, look, he's God's son. And he came. He came to die on the cross for us. That our sin would be taken away. And that one day uh, we would be uh, with him in heaven. It's so important to be able to, to explain. You know, it's, 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 it's so many things we need to explain to us. No matter what age, if you even get to my age, there's a lot of things I need explained to me. A lot of things you need explained to you, don't you? And you have to listen carefully and then be able to explain to others. That's the thing. Be able to explain to others. Will you remember that? Who is Jesus? The Son of God and the Son of Man. And we want to follow him, to trust him day after day. Let's have a short prayer together. Lord, we thank you indeed for every boy and girl here this morning. Bless them, Lord. Help them to remember what they learn. And help them tomorrow to be able to, uh, if opportunity comes, to be able to say to another boy or girl about Jesus, that he is a wonderful Savior and that he uh, uh, came to save people like us. So bless us each one. and Bless uh, every mummy and daddy. Help them whenever, whenever they have to explain things. Help them to explain about Jesus and his love. For we ask this all in his name. Amen. Now we're going to sing our, our hymn. It's uh, as the, the deer pants. As the deer pants. Do you know this one? I'm sure you do. Right now.
Let us again unite in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we do thank you indeed for this place, a place where indeed your word has been taught for generations, a place where your name has been lifted up and praise has been made to your name. Oh, we thank you indeed. We pray for the boys and girls that I see in this congregation, Lord, that you would be with them and that they would indeed come to know early in life who the Lord Jesus is in a very wonderful and personal way, to trust him alone as their own saviour and to walk with him all the days of their lives. Oh, be with them, Lord. Bless them and their teachers. Bless every home, whether it's a, a, a boy or a girl. Bless the parents, and may the parents be wise in all that they do and all that they say, and especially help them to teach, uh, teach the, way, the way of truth and righteousness. And so we pray that you would bless our young people and their day school teachers as well, and be with them and give them the help that they need each day. But Lord, we remember others in the congregation who are not so well, those who are frail and elderly. We pray that you would be with them and surround them with your love and may they know your blessing and your peace. As they read your word, that they would find that comfort and that continued strength, indeed knowing that you are the Lord and you never leave nor forsake your people. So bless them, Lord, each one. We pray for all the work in this congregation. In this time of vacancy, guide the the convener and the Kirk session, Lord, and all the decisions that have to be made. And may, in your will, may the Lord, uh, the person of your choice, be here to open up your word faithfully in the coming days. Lord, that you would lead him and the congregation together so that indeed there would be that, that bond uh, together in the, in the work of the gospel in the days that lie ahead. And so we pray that you would guide in all that is done. But Lord, we remember our district, remember our land. We realize there are so many in these days who have no time for the, for the gospel, no time for, for your word. Well, Lord, we see on this your day that People are engaged in all sorts of activities. Lord, we pray, pray that you would forgive us and that you would indeed turn the hearts of men and women uh, away from uh, the, the, the activities that take them away from worship, take them away from reading your word and that they might be, con- they might be constrained, Lord, by your spirit to so seek you and to turn with all their hearts to to the Saviour. And so we pray you would bless. Bless the, the, the college in Belfast and as students are preparing themselves for the work of ministry. Be near to them, Lord, and encourage them and encourage the lecturers as well. And may all that is done be done to exalt the name of Jesus. And Lord, we remember too uh, uh, other lands at this time. We realise there are so many there's so much conflict and trouble. We pray, Lord, for the, we pray for the families of those folk who were so savagely and terribly killed in Donegal with that explosion. 
ask that you would be near to them and, and bless them. And may they, Lord, be comforted at how, how hard it, it must be. And we pray that you would be with them. And may the people in that village, oh, draw them to yourself, Lord, that they might know the comfort that only Jesus can give. And we remember further afield, Lord, we remembered again the, the war in Ukraine and we longed that it would come to an end and we pray, Lord, that you would put it in the hearts of those who are in authority in different lands, that they would want to bring it to an end and that the fighting and the killing would stop. And so we pray, Lord, that you would bless, guide our own Prime Minister and all those who have been elected to Parliament and Stormont, wherever. Lord, give them the wisdom that they need in these days to do what is right and to seek to lead the, the nation in the way of truth and righteousness. So bless us, Lord. We need you so much. Forgive us again for our carelessness. Help us to love you more and more. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I want us this this morning to look together at the verses that we read from Acts uh, chapter 8. There's a well-known well-known story and it's uh, there's a lot in it of course that we can learn uh, from or uh, learn in those verses. Now Acts chapter 8 sets out the life of one person really or it speaks about so much about Philip now, Philip was one of the seven deacons appointed by the apostles just after, after the, uh, the resurrection and the, the church was being established. Do you remember, Do you remember that the, the, there, were, there, there was a lot of work that had to be done and the apostles decided to, to appoint seven deacons who would help in the oversight and look after the, the material things uh, in, the different, uh, in the church at that time. And this chapter looks at some of the very important events in Philip's ministry. Now, he had been greatly used, if you read in the first verses of chapter 8, he had been greatly used in the city, uh, the city of Samaria. It tells you there that uh, at the, in verse 8, it tells us there was great joy in the city. Philip had come and, and preached the gospel in the, the, the city. And of Samaria, and the people had responded, and there had been uh, there was joy. There, there was such a, a work being done, and that's something that 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 should thrill us, and something we should long for ourselves. I'm sure maybe you've you've read at times uh, the, the the events of a uh, uh, revivals in the past. We often talk about the 1859 revival in our own land whenever, whenever men and women in great numbers came to know and to love the Savior. And before that, there was a great awakening with Wesley and, and Whitfield and so times of great blessing whenever God poured out his spirit upon us and, and upon our land and, and great numbers came to know and to love the Savior. So this is what was happening in Samaria. There was great joy. People were being healed and, and the people were hearing the gospel in Samaria. So much so that the church then sent Peter and John to bring stability to the new converts. It was a marvelous work of God amongst the Samaritan people. 
Now, in the midst of all this, and this is the point to remember, in the midst of all this, Philip, who had been, Philip, who was so much and part of it, Philip was called away to a desert road in Samaria, or uh, on the way to Gaza. And that's what we want to think about for a, a short time now. In the midst of this awakening, there he was. God the Holy Spirit comes and directs Philip. Notice what it says in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now you'd wonder, you'd question, why did that happen? Look at, look at all was happening in, in Samaria, the revival that was taking place and the work that was going on. Why would, why would the, the, the angel be sent, directed by God to say to Philip, look, leave this all, leave this wonderful work and go down to a desert road, uh, uh, the road to Gaza? You think of I often think of like uh, if I was on a place and, and and God was working in a very special way and and people were being converted and God's people were being built up and there was a, a great work and and then to hear to go to somewhere else where, where there was nothing happening it was like a desert that would be very that would be very uh, difficult to, and hard to understand but Philip obeys. Philip obeys. He leaves all he leaves the all the what's happening in Samaria and he obeys. So let's think about what happens then. First of all, he meets the Ethiopian. He meets the Ethiopian verses twenty seven and twenty eight. Now the Ethiopian was travelling home uh, to the upper Nile region of Egypt. That's where he came from. Uh, he was an important man in the government of the queen. Uh, here, there's a sort of a generic name, Candace. They were all uh, it's like the pharaohs. They, they were called Candace. They were all given the same type of name, but they had all their names as well. But he was a treasurer, and he was traveling. So he was a very important man. If you think of the chancellor of the exchequer, how important a, a person is he in the government? Well, here's a man who was a treasurer. But I want you to notice something. He had, been at, he had been at Jerusalem to worship. He'd been there to worship. Now, why was he there? Why did he travel the whole way from way down the River Nile? Why did he travel way to Jerusalem, which was hard going in those days? Well, he must have been either Jewish or a proselyte. That is, he was somebody who had come to realize that the, the God of Israel is a true God and he wanted to worship him. And he realized, he, he knew that there were annual festivals took place, the festival of the Passover, the festival of weeks and so on. And he wanted to come and be in Jerusalem to, to, to be there whenever that was happening. And so he had traveled all this distance to be in Jerusalem to worship God. What a, what a desire he had. Such a, such a, a desire. It, God was working surely in his heart to make him do this. And I often look and say to people, I, I hope 
I hope your desire is always on the Lord's day to be in his house. I hope nothing would ever turn you back from from joining with God's people on, on the Lord's day. I hope that we're serious. And oh, the psalmist said, I joyed when to the house of God go up, they said to me, Jerusalem within thy gates, our feet shall stand in be. I joyed. Nowadays, sometimes people would say to you, oh, I'll go if I, can, if I can get the time. Or, uh, uh, you know, I have a lot to do. And it just, that should never enter our heads. Whenever it comes round to the Lord's day, we should be saying to ourselves with the same words as a psalmist, I'm glad to go to God's house and to be in his house with his people. None of this carelessness. There was nothing careless about this Ethiopian. He traveled hundreds of miles to be in Jerusalem, to worship, to give God the honor and the glory and to, to learn of him. And that's what, that's what should be our desire always. I hope, I hope you, nobody has to twist your arm up their, your back to, to get you to come here. I, I hope you, you want to come and your desire is to come. But the, Philip, or the, the Ethiopian was traveling home after worship. So let's think secondly about Philip now. Philip's love for this man. Philip's love for the, those who are lost. Verses 20, 29 to 31. And Philip was directed, we're told, by the, the Holy Spirit that tells us uh, to go and, and to, and to uh, 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 it says, go to that chariot and stay there. Now, to try to picture what's happening Sometimes it's good to try and think of, of what actually happened at that time. This is a desert road, we're told. A barren place. You could imagine Philip standing at the side of the road or standing in a road like, and it's not a road like that we on, it's just a track, really. And there's nobody about. And then he looks up the road and there, this chariot's coming. And there's, there's, People driving the chariot, there are probably soldiers with him, looking after him. He, wasn't on, he certainly wasn't on his own. And here he comes, this chariot comes down. It wouldn't be going that fast, because we're told, you see, that, that Philip was able to run alongside it. And what does he hear? He hears a man reading from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Now Philip then calls out, he said, do you understand what you're reading? Imagine, imagine running alongside and there's a chariot. Do you understand what you're reading? Well, what would your reaction be if somebody said that to you? Would you say to, well, do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I can't understand what it says here? Do you think I can't read that would be the reaction of some people, wouldn't it? But it was, that wasn't the reaction of, of this man. He wasn't offended. The Ethiopian, this most important man, and he freely admits, how can I accept some man guide me? Isn't that, isn't that tremendous? He was reading the word of God. 
And yet he realized that he didn't understand it as the way that he needed to understand it. And so he says, how can I except some man guide me? John Calvin, the great reformer, he wrote and he said he contrasted the Ethiopian's modesty. He said, a man who acknowledges his lack of knowledge freely and frankly with a man who is swollen-headed and confident in his own abilities. Oh, the sad thing is today there are so many people who are swollen-headed and they're just, they're so confident and they say, what do I, I don't, I can't be bored with all that. But this, this Ethiopian admitted his need, admitted his need. You know, I think this is so important for that. I, I, for over the years, visiting homes and going to see people, and you know, people might lift the Bible and they might glance at it, and then they would say, "Well, I, I can't, I can't make head or tail of that." So, and then they shut it up again, and that's the, that's all, that's as far as it goes. And they don't want to understand. Would they seek out someone to explain? No, the Bible sits a closed book. It's a closed book. The sad thing is sometimes they don't even, don't even ask for help. They don't even ask for help. They're so proud, you see. You don't want to ask. But we're not, we're not so proud to go to the doctor. Sure we're not whenever we're ill. But yet whenever it comes to, whenever it comes to ask help to understand God's word, Oh, so often at times people, they just keep the book closed. They keep the book closed. Oh, don't be like that. Don't be like that. If you don't understand something, don't be afraid to ask. That's why I was saying to the boys and girls, sometimes they, you know, they would just be so open, wouldn't they? And they would shout out and say, I don't understand this. I can't do this. That's what you expect from boys and girls, isn't it? But with us, sometimes we would just bottle it all up and say, I, I, I don't understand, and I'm just going to let it pass by. And yet God has given to us his word, and he has sent the Holy Spirit that we might understand. And he has given us, and it tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, apostles and prophets and evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. What for? For the perfect end of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's, oh, it's, it's so important that we, that we study God's word. The Ethiopian wasn't too proud to ask for help. I hope none of, none of us here would be too proud. But then let's look then, Philip explains the scriptures, verses 32 to 35. The eunuch invites Philip up into the chariot. You can imagine the situation, he must have, uh, there's the chariot and he's sitting in it and the driver whipping the horses and getting them going again and all the rest of it. And they continue their journey. But like getting into the back seat of a car today, wouldn't it? And there he's sitting with the scriptures open on his knee. And Philip beside him explaining. One-to-one evangelism. One-to-one evangelism. And you notice what Philip does in verse 35. He begins where the eunuch has been reading. 
and he explains the scriptures. Philip was able to start where the universe, where the eunuch was reading. That's so important, isn't it? Because I, whenever you, whenever you meet people today, they, they have a multitude of, uh, uh, of of starting points in a sense, a multitude of problems, a multitude of questions, and yet you, you need to be able to start where they are. The person, the person who comes from an upright religious family, you would start differently there from somebody who's, who, who has been living a godless and careless life with no, no time for the things of God. But each person has the same need. That's the thing. Each person has the same need. Each one needs Jesus. But is starting at a different place to explain to them the gospel. To start where they are. And the eunuch was a man who was seeking, was seeking. He didn't understand the place in Isaiah where he had been reading. Isaiah chapter 53. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep of a dumb before a shear, so he opened not his mouth. You can imagine him reading that. And then he looks at Philip and says, Who is the prophet speaking about? Is he speaking about himself or somebody else? Is he speaking about himself or someone else? What a question. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Who is he speaking about? And Philip, you see, then had the great privilege of telling the eunuch, that the one who was led like a lamb to the slaughter was Jesus. Isn't that, isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that what it's all about? Philip was preached unto him, Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus. I love to hear. You see, the Old Testament points to Jesus. Don't let anyone ever tell you you don't need to read the Old Testament. Don't let anyone tell you that they're only a New Testament Christian. No. Every part of the Bible is important. Every part is important. Remember what the Catechism says. The Word of God which is contained in the Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments is the only rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy Him. The Old and New Testaments... This man was reading from the book of Isaiah. But it was all about Jesus. It was all about Jesus. Oh, think, think, think of what Philip would have said. You see, the eunuch must have known that a Messiah was promised. And so Philip would explain to him that the Messiah had come. That he was born of Mary. He lived amongst men and died on Calvary. He was God's lamb. Now, the eunuch would know about the the sacrifices in the temple. He would know about the people bringing lambs in. He would know about the day of the Passover. But now Philip tells him, Jesus is God's lamb. God's lamb. There's no other name for another earthly lamb. The son of God, the lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, he died. In the sinner's place. 
And the eunuch would hear this wonderful news that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He preached unto him, Jesus, what a, what a wonderful message, what a wonderful message. The hymn writer put it, Jesus, the name to sinners dear, the name to sinners given. It scatters all their guilty fear, it turns their hell to heaven. Tell me about Jesus. Every time you go home from this meeting house, go home thinking about Jesus. About Jesus. That's what must, that should, must always be the case. We should always lift up the Lord Jesus. Always lift up Jesus, the friend of sinners. Oh, we need, how important it is that we point men and women to Jesus. Point men and women to the Savior. Oh, if there's someone here today and And you do not know Jesus. Listen, listen. There's no other message. You must come to know Christ. There's no other Savior but Jesus. Come to him. Come to him. No one else can meet your need. None but Jesus. None but Jesus can do helpless sinners good. You must seek him with all your heart. And then you have, final, uh, uh, fourthly, you have this wonderful event that the, the Ethiopian believes, the eunuch believes, we're told. Verses 36 to 38. Here was a man who was high up in public life, a treasure to the queen, and yet he believes in Jesus. He believes in the one who died on the cross. And he's saved. You know, there are people like this who would be too proud. There are a whole lot of people today who are too proud. Too proud to bow their knee and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need, I need Jesus. I need you, Lord Jesus, to, to take away my sin. What, what people would say, what would people think of me? What would the people in the work think of me if I went in tomorrow and, and I had trusted Christ? But that didn't stop this man. Didn't stop this man. He needed the Savior and he believed on him for salvation. And there by the side of the road he was, he was baptized. Now, the, the eunuch was certainly not alone. He couldn't have been alone. There was somebody at least driving the chariot. You can imagine the driver maybe looking down and they stopped the chariot and thinking, what's he doing now? Why is he going down into that why is he going down into that river or that, that water? But nothing deterred this man. Nothing deterred him. God, the Holy Spirit, was so worked in his heart that nothing would stop him. You know, I, I love the, the doctrine of the effectual calling. When God, the Holy Spirit, works in a person's heart, convinces them of their sin and misery, and leads them to Christ that, that they're called and they, they can do nothing else but say, I'm coming to Jesus. They can do nothing else but, but come to him. Nothing would stop this man. God, the Holy Spirit, was working in his heart. And he came. 
and trusted the Savior. Oh, may that be the case. Let, oh, we, ha, pray, pray, pray in the prayer meeting. Pray at home that this will be the case in all our congregations. That, that people, that the Holy Spirit will so work in, in the hearts of men and women that they can do nothing else but say, Lord, I'm coming, I'm coming. I want Jesus to be my Savior. But then we see, lastly, Philip is taken away once again. Verses 39 and there's 39 to 40. Philip's work, you see, was finished in this place. It was finished, and, and God directed him to another field of service, as Otis were told. And he was found there preaching, preaching uh, the gospel once again. But what about the eunuch? Oh, I love to read about the eunuch. It tells us, it tells us that... Uh, <clears throat> The eunuch did not see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. He had found Jesus, you see. He knew the Savior. He went on his way rejoicing. What a difference, the journey. Whenever he was reading the rest of Isaiah 53, a lamb to the slaughter, oh, he would, this, is, this is the one that I've come to know. This is all about it's all about Jesus. He was a new man, you see, in Christ, a new man in Christ. And he could have said with a hymn writer, you know, I, I found a friend, oh, such a friend. He loved me or I knew him. He drew me with the cords of love and thus he bound me to. I found a friend, Jesus, Jesus. And the joy that the Lord Jesus gives was now it was on his way to Africa. The first missionary to Africa was this Ethiopian, this Ethiopian eunuch. And men and women would hear. And Philip went away to another place. You know, whenever you think of it, Philip, Philip was taken away from Samaria where there was a tremendous work happening, a tremendous work happening. The place was buzzing. He was taken to a desert road, an empty road. And he met one man. Just one. But was it a waste of time? No, no. This was God's work, you see. God directed him. He had a work for the Ethiopian to do when he got to Africa. And he brought Philip and this Ethiopian just together, the two of them, in a chariot on an empty road. And the man came to know and to love the Savior. What a, what a wonderful work. And sure, surely that's a work that, that everyone who loves the Lord Jesus can be involved in. Everyone. Whenever we meet someone, whenever someone maybe we've known for years and that person's not a Christian, to, and to be able to tell them about Jesus. Waiting for the opportunities. Opportunities come, don't they? People say things. Some tragedy happens and they, 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 they ask questions and you say, but the Lord Jesus is able to give you, able to give everyone assurance and salvation if we come unto him. 
Oh, I trust that that, 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 that that will be the case. Philip Philip was sent just to talk to one. And God sends us out wherever you will be tomorrow to talk to one, to a number, whatever. Let us be faithful in all that we do for him. And I love to think of the eunuch. He went on his way without Philip, but he went on his way with Jesus. That's what it's all about. He went on his way with Jesus. Horatio Bonner wrote a great hymn when he said, Go labor on, spend and be spent. Toil on, faint not, keep watch and pray. Be wise, the erring soul to win. Go forth into the world's highway. Compel the wanderer to come in. Isn't that what happened when Philip met the eunuch on the world's highway? He came to know Jesus. Let us pray. Let us pray. Our gracious and eternal God, we do thank you indeed for the gospel. We thank you for this wonderful message of salvation. We pray, Lord, that it might so burn into our hearts that we would always rejoice to know Jesus. Oh, if there's someone, Lord, today that hasn't yet trusted in the Savior, oh, speak to them. Give them no rest nor peace until they come and admit their need, admit, confess their sin, and turn with all their hearts to the Savior. Oh, bless us, Lord. Help us to remember this day and to worship you always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now our final, our final praise is How Deep the Father's Love.
now may grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest and abide with us each one this day and forevermore. Amen.